Hey, hey, welcome to the second episode of the Hardwood Dynasty Basketball Podcast. My name's Huck Breeze. I'm here joined by our commissioner, Ethan Levine, and Max Breeze, uh, I don't know, 11th place, something like that. How are you guys doing today? You know, I'm doing my best. Uh, I'm coming off a of victory, so that mm-hmm. feels good. Right, you're not the you're not in the lowest standing on this podcast anymore. Yes, I understand. No. That's me. I've <laughs> gone through tough times, admittedly. Uh, yeah, we've got some great things going on. We just had two basketball games kick off. Um, we have uh, Portland, Toronto going on, and Indianapolis, Sacramento. Uh, you've got the national championship on. Sports are great. We love sports. Um, but uh, what we're talking about today is basketball. The first thing I want to get into is, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but COVID-19, a virus that's been going around. Um, it's kind of wreaked havoc on the NBA landscape this past week. Uh, so is this merely a bad week from which the league can recover? Is this, is this the tip of the iceberg or what are, what are we talking here? Max, what do you think? Uh, I think we saw with the baseball season, um, as well as you know, some isolated issues with the football season. I think there were really just two or three games that were issues with the football season. With the baseball season, it was a lot more widespread cancellations. And I think if the NBA, NBA doesn't make some serious adjustments, I think this is the tip of the iceberg. I think this is going to be a huge issue. Um, the fact that... Like, I I don't know what we all thought was going to happen. You know, the bubble was a kind of a perfect situation. It created a a great amount of entertainment whenever we hadn't had live sports in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And now there is no bubble. And, you know, there are some players that might not be playing it safe as far as, you know, wearing masks, not going out, things like that. Um, But then there are some things you just can't avoid. So I think basketball, like the NBA as a league needs to take some steps to either have some backups available for teams because you can't have games like, what was it? The Sixers, they had seven active players. Somebody, there was a team that had seven active players. The other it night. was, it was the Sixers, but they could have had nine. I, that's in my notes to get into, but I'll let you continue. I, either way, any professional basketball game, where you only have seven available players. I mean, hell, a high school game like that shouldn't be played. A game like that needs to be postponed. That's not a competitive game. One team should automatically lose that game. Um, so, I, you know, I, okay. I think some changes need to be made, and they need to be made quickly. 
Okay, but what we're talking here, you say some things can't be avoided. Obviously, they have been avoided by the NFL. I mean, the NFL, you know, they have one, two, three. If there's five, it's a huge story. Uh, it seems like there's a couple teams here in the NBA who have had five uh, in the first couple of weeks. Um, so, so, yeah, go ahead, Ethan. I would. So the NFL, it's interesting because they have so many guys, but they're other than on the practice field, they're doing all these meetings on zoom. And so like, you know, we saw with the Denver quarterbacks where they got totally fucked because they weren't taking it seriously in their quarterback room, but it was only the quarterbacks. It's that with an NBA team, you're not compartmentalizing like that. Um, you know, it's obviously fewer players, but you're kind of together as a bunch. I think the optimist in me hopes that what Max was just referencing with, uh, the Philly situation is kind of uh, a moment where the NBA kind of as a collective group, gets a grip and kind of does it better. I feel like baseball sort of had that moment sometime in like the back half of the Marlins major outbreak at the start of the season. And then we saw much more sporadic and smaller outbreaks over the rest of the summer. And so, you know, I, the NBA players in my mind have to decide if they want to make this money or if they want to take the year off and do whatever they want, but you can't do both. And you need, these teams need to, behave like they're in 30 different bubbles and yes there's you got to travel stay in hotels there are obvious risks and it's no one's expecting them to bat a thousand mm -hmm. um but i think you know i think rachel nichols said there was 27 cases in the league just yesterday like that's almost that's a sizable portion of the league with 15 guys on a team yeah and it expanded you know, injured list spots are one thing, but adjusting to cancellations, seven-man rosters, that's another thing entirely. Um, should a team be forced to play with seven people, eight people? No. No, absolutely not. Because why are you playing that game, honestly? Like, it's the same thing as, you know, I guess the NFL is a little bit different because it's 16 different weeks and the NBA schedule works differently. Mm -hmm. But it would be like if... You know, you you sent the Chiefs out there without Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, and you're like, all right, well, this is the same game. It's still a competitive game, and it's not. It's just a, like it's an ugly product. And at the end of the day, people's records are not going to reflect who actually has the best team. I think we saw a lot of that in the MLB season. You know, the the Marlins were putting a double A and triple A team on the field at any given time throughout the season just to field a team. Now, granted, the Pittsburgh Pirates do that during the regular yeah. season yeah. without cancellations, but it's just, it's not the kind of thing you want to see, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on with the G league right now. I don't know if there's a, a potential for Adam silver to say, okay, NBA rosters are going to be expanded or every team can have a couple guys on hand in case of emergency or something like that. But like seven active guys, it, that's, I don't know, like eight or nine active guys. I don't think that's enough. So it's so, well, they said that the threshold for this season was eight guys will get you to play. And I think so, like, for instance, in the Philadelphia case, the reason the NBA kind of bodied them is because Simmons and Embiid, Doc Rivers just didn't want to stretch them being in a nine man rotation. So he gave them injuries, but he didn't give a day's notice on it. And so the NBA said this doesn't count as being under eight guys. And so but they could have played Embiid and Simmons and had nine guys. Doc Rivers chose not to do that. I agree. It's a terrible product for the game. I, the UK fans in here love Tyrese Maxey almost going 40 burger though. But yeah. 
I but but Boston's had now two games as of recording this canceled because they legitimately don't have eight guys. And so, I mean, to your point, they are canceling some of these games and postponing them. But again, you at a certain point, you have to cut bait and decide, do you want to make money or do you want to do whatever you want and take a year off? But it can't be both. So we didn't really reach this in the NFL ever. I mean, we did to a certain extent when the the Ravens, the Ravens with the Ravens and whatnot. But what if these teams just don't get better? What if some of these players just don't uh, recover? And so what you have now are these teams that aren't getting really punished. You're not canceling these games. You're postponing them, moving them back. And you've got these player teams that are just taking time off and taking time off. And again, they're not losing these games. Uh, you know, what if we reach a point where it's just not fair that some of these teams are, are being made not to play, the teams that are 100% fully healthy, uh, you know, the Heat were pretty healthy when coming against Celtics the other night. Um, and, uh, you know, they're they're being forced not to play. That, to me, is something is one of the biggest problems. That, to me, is going to cause uh, some controversy that if, uh, you know, we had, you know, things like the Ravens, the St. Louis Cardinals earlier this year uh, couldn't yep. play for a couple of weeks. And that was a problem in the MLB and the teams, you know, kind of barked. I know the Steelers in NFL, you know, barked to the Ravens say, hey, you know, we wanted to play on Thanksgiving night. That didn't work out. Um, and so they complained about scheduling, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that works out. Hopefully they can get it. Uh, that no one team has to take like two weeks off for both the NBA and our fantasy league. Uh, because, you know, I talked about uh, in the, in the text message, the, the group chat um, that, you know, chase lost last week, partly, I mean, congratulations on the win, uh, but partly because Durant was out Tobias uh, team. Tobias was out. Uh, you know, I know Giannis had a back problem, so that doesn't really count, but what if, you know, the best player in the NBA, Giannis or LeBron. You or- gotta stop saying Giannis. It's just Giannis. It's just Giannis. Giannis. Listen, I don't tell you how to talk about other players. I can say <laughs> that's just my nickname for. He might hear this, Giannis. You only get All one right. shot at a first impression. I, I want right. him to take our league seriously, Giannis. We know you. Okay, Giannis, big if animal. You're, if you're out there and you're listening, I apologize. I'm not going to stop calling you Giannis. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, just know that I know it's really Giannis. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, I think it's an exaggerated version of the challenge you face with a load management and Huck and I have had our, our debates just in sports fan fodder about like Kawhi Leonard. Huck is, if you don't know, a huge Spurs fan. I'm a huge Kawhi stan. Beside the point, um, he's load playing management back is- this year which is impressive. Right. And so what you were saying, if a team has to take two weeks off, the NBA does not want to have back-to-backs because you're going to go right back into finding teams, holding guys out of the second night of back-to-backs or stagnating their stars. And once again, not putting their best product on the field as they're making it up and as they're making these games up, that is. And so I, I, the, the only solution to me is that just at, you know, the coaches, front office players, um, you know, travel secretaries, Adam Silver and his staff, the, everyone needs to take this more seriously. And I know the GMs, and by I know, I mean, I saw Rachel Nichols tweet that <laughs> the GMs are meeting league-wide today and the owners are meeting league-wide tomorrow. So again, at the very least, at least they're on the surface behaving like this is the alarming situation that 
we seem to all agree that it is. Right. Kawhi can hold so many water bottles in one hand. I saw that on. <laughs> Did you hear about the the whole story where he went out with Pop and they went out for dinner after a game one night and he brought a bag of apples? What I thought what? that ended up being debu- was a myth that was debunked. Regardless of it, if it's if it's a myth or not, it's hilarious. He just bought it, brought apples out and started eating. It is I'm, like until you really pause, it is almost believable because Kawhi is that weird. The guy is just a he's an enigma. He's I am glad. Weird. So for I, I'm glad that the GMs are meeting about COVID. I hope I ultimately think that the NBA right now is so ugly. It's such a bad product in comparison to what we saw in the bubble. And I think right. the quick turnaround is part of it. Um, I think the lack of planning is part of it. I mean, so we talked last week about all the crazy blowouts. And then uh, some numbers were published today about the most inconsistent NBA teams through the first eight games in the season of all time. And of the top six uh, most inconsistent NBA teams, which uh, the metric they're using is standard deviation of point differential. You know, the difference in whether they're winning by 30 points or losing by 15 points. Of the top six teams in the last, like, 50 years, uh, looks like four of the top six of the most inconsistent teams are from this year. Like the other two are from the 91 season and the 66 season. And the other four are Milwaukee Bucks, the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Mavericks all this year because there are some games where teams will go in. Like the Clippers had that one game where they shot like three of 30 from three. Um, we saw the that Phoenix was doing that against the Wizards tonight. And then there are other games where teams are going in and just – putting up 130 against a defense that just clearly wasn't prepared or didn't have all their healthy players or was managing, you know, uh, players loads, which I still haven't figured out a good way of talking about without it sounding like jizz, but there we are. It's an ugly product right now. So now you throw COVID into that. Like I think prior to this COVID wasn't even the biggest problem. And we already had an ugly game add to the fact that you're going to be canceling games, playing rosters without superstars, playing rosters with teams that aren't competitive, and they got to do something. I mean, they like I uh, they shouldn't have started this season till like March. They should have played like half of a season and given players time to rest and taken more time to prepare because this is a mess right now. Well, I will say next. I'm an eleventh. Yeah, I will say that you know, it is terrible. It's not good. But there are, you know, slight bright sides that come out of this. You get to see some of these players uh, that are buried deep in these benches, and you get to introduce some of these people. We saw Jalen Brunson go off for the Mavs the other night. Uh, Trey Burke also for the Mavs uh, getting a chance to start in there. Um, you, you got, like you said, Maxi coming in and, and filling in that spot. And hell, we may never get to see Taco Fall if, uh, you know, if. <laughs> if if he's not uh, if you know you don't see uh, Theus and and Thompson and and Williams out so uh, you know never forget that Huck drafted Taco Fall last year hey last round last a round G League player hey I I he never know never know <laughs> I drafted Bull Bull this year okay I get it yeah yeah you, you just never know when you might get that at least Bull Bull's played NBA games before I just want to see Taco play. Uh, you know, I want to see him go out there. I want to see somebody uh, play against him for 30 minutes and see what kind of stats he will put up. But uh, 
Anyway, I want to see him still breathing after 30 minutes. <laughs> I want to see Taco Fall versus Bull Bull in a UFC match. <laughs> okay. Or or a UFC match that has weapons. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I'd watch it. Whatever it, it is, like... set it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it moving here. Uh so I, I want to move on to something else. Which players have been or which player? Let's just say that. Which player to you? has been the biggest surprise during the early season. Max, we'll start with you. Uh, I'll take Malcolm Brogdon, a guy that I always just thought was like the third most important player on the Bucks. Um, now on on uh, Indiana, Indiana. It's just he just looks awesome. Like his usage is great. He's just he's putting up crazy numbers. I mean Malcolm Brogdon is a, he's a real, like, he's a real player. He's like a top 30 player in this league, at least the way he's playing. I don't know if this is an early season fluke thing, but I keep seeing the numbers that he's putting up on Neil's team. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, if you would have told me earlier this year, like, oh, you can trade one of your, you know, top six round picks for Malcolm Brogdon, I would have told you I would have wanted Thomas Bryant more than Malcolm Brogdon because I needed rebounds. Now, granted, Bryant just, tore an ACL and and that throws a wrench into everything but Brogdon looks like just he's one of the most valuable players so far this year in fantasy basketball and in the NBA so he's been a huge standout yeah fun fact about Malcolm Brogdon so I think I mentioned this last week he's one of a very select group of players that's gone 50 40 90 50 percent from the field 40 from 3 90 from the free throw line for a season and this year he is still um putting up a career high true shooting percentage so he's arguably shooting better with higher quality shots to begin with than ever in his career um and he is um, putting up the highest offensive rating of his career as well so um some some nerd data to substantiate he's been phenomenal he's shooting 48 percent from three and you know playing 37 minutes a game and putting up a career high points per game like he's he's a legitimate star now granted it seems like indiana always it always turns like middling guys into really really good players like i feel like indiana is always really fun to watch for that reason um but i digress yeah he's he is my most interesting player that i've seen so far this year ethan what do you think so um my guy is tyrese halliburton who um i think we um had discussions in the group test and during the draft about what we expected um, from this rookie class, having an extra long layoff, no summer league, abbreviated uh, training camp and abbreviated preseason. Um, and Halliburton has done more than rise to the challenge. So um, a little, a little more nerd data for you. He in for 36 minutes this season, he's averaging 15 points and seven assists, only a little over one turnover, um, per 36. De'Aaron Fox, who's played his whole career in the same poorly run Kings organization and just got a max contract, um, averages 19 and 7 for his career per 36 with more than three turnovers per 36. So um, this season, Tyrese Halliburton actually has a higher assist percentage and a higher player efficiency rating than Fox in that same lineup. Um, and that's not to say I think he's a better player than De'Aaron Fox, but it is to say I didn't think anybody would hit the ground running like that. And then we saw James Wiseman debut and it was okay. Well, he was long touted to be the top guy or one of the top guys in this class, but um, Hal Burton, a guy 
out of Iowa State, who I think is a program we all respect but don't really think about. Um, he was a shooter in college. He's shooting 50% from three this year. I don't think he'll finish the season that high, but I think he'll finish the season well from three. Um, and so he's my surprise of the first three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with both of y'alls. Um, I have one that, you know, maybe we saw this coming last year, uh, but uh, but uh, Julius Randle. Julius Randle mm-hmm. right now uh, is a monster. Um, if you would have told me earlier in the year that, you know, Julius Randle would be a Jokic type of, uh, you know, stat filler and just monster, uh, I would not have believed you. He's top 10 in both assists. And rebounds, um, he's, I think, right down there in points. Uh, I think he's like 11th in points. Um, we're talking about somebody that fills it up every single night. Um, I know the the Knicks, for a good portion of the season, and, and you know, they deserve this, have been underdogs. Like, f- at least five-point underdogs in every game. Um, and they went on a good stretch there where they won those games outright. Uh, people aren't really taking this guy seriously and Julius Randle is absolutely dominating um, for the Knicks. I mean, he, when he, when we were talking about the Knicks uh, last year, the year before, you know, you're talking about this lost team. What are you going to do with this? I mean, you got Julius Randle, you're all these draft picks that you're just failing on that are just flopping. Um, Julius Randle comes in. He's the center point of this offense. And uh, you know, this team is not, the worst team in the East. This is a uh, potential could make eight seed type team. And I think that's all on the shoulders of Julius Randle. So uh, that's, that's my guy. That's my guy uh, that I've been surprised at for the first part of the season. All right. Last thing I want to go over before we get in these week four matchups, kind of like what we did last time with the Rockets. And we talked about um, where would Harden go? Where, what would, what would make sense uh, for the Rockets to get in return for James Harden? So the Wizards, I know you know this team pretty well there, Ethan, uh, are tied for the worst record in the NBA for multiple reasons. And Beal might be more tangible trade chip for contenders. So let's let's talk about uh, some some destinations for Beal. Ethan, let's talk about it. Ethan, let's let's start with you. What do you, you've obviously thought this over? What do you think? Yes. So, um, shocker. It it was at my request that we talked about this on the podcast and I love Bradley Beal. It's just, and they won tonight. Um, but when you're sitting at three and eight and Russ is playing as bad as he is on an untradeable contract, you may as well sell as high as you can on Beal. Um, so in the fantasy world that in which I run the wizards, I would really love to see him dealt out maybe to, Denver for Michael Porter Jr. I don't know beyond the Michael Porter Jr. end of it. I don't know if they would want to trade a lot just to have Beal alongside Jamal Murray, but that would certainly be the kind of return I would want back as a Wizards fan. Um, Miami's been another um, talk, but there seems more like a compilation of assets. I think Tyler Hero would be um, a must, but frankly, I don't think the Wizards would do it unless they got like, uh, uh, I don't know what they would need to get back, but they wouldn't get Bam out of Biomax. So I don't know. <laughs> that would, again, would be what I would love as a Wizards fan. But um, 
but those are two of the teams. There was a, an article on the ringer and those are, are two of the teams that um, get mentioned as maybe being under the radar trade partners and really the whole merit of it being maybe Beal's a little more tangible than Harden, especially now that um, the Wizards suck Thomas Bryant's out for the year. Um, so yeah. I guess the third team would be the Pelicans, but I, I want to pass the mic, but the Pelicans could be a compilation of assets type of team as well. The Wizards might talk to. Yeah. Max, what do you think? Uh, I'm not, I'm not a huge wealth of knowledge when it comes to potential teams that can trade for Beal. Um, but I can tell you right now, I think the Mavericks would be a very fun idea for him. Um, sending Chris Dapps, maybe a draft pick, pair him with Doncic. Uh, I, I think there, there could be a lot there, um, especially from a cap perspective, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Mavs have a lot of cap coming off the books this year. And so next year, they're supposed to have a bunch available in free agency to sign another big player. I think if they were able to trade, you know, Chris Stapps with his contract and then whatever else it would take to get Beal back and then sign a useful big, because I think it's it's been pretty questionable whether or not Chris Stapps can A, stay healthy, or B, be productive with Doncic, and then get an actual big that works well within the system, I think the Mavericks could be a really dangerous team. Well, you would have seen him tonight for the first time, but now he's you know watching from his couch due to uh, you know unfortunate COVID uh, things. So you know, again, I don't know Bradley Beal um, for as long as I've known him for long for as long as I've watched him has been kind of a center point. A good person he reminds me of is uh, is McCollum. I think that he's that kind of player at where, you know, if he was going to be a number two to somebody, it would have to be one of the superstars of the league. Uh, I think McCollum could be uh, a number one on a lot of teams in the NBA. Uh, but because, you know, of Lillard, he plays that, that number two role, that one, two role. Um, I think Beal would be a good fit for Cleveland. I think if you could get, get Sexton back, I think they would absolutely do that. Um, and, pair that with Drummond over there in Cleveland. I think he would like to stay in the East and, and be one of those powerhouses. I just don't see him going to a team that's a competitor um, that would want to give up, you know, one of their great players back to the wizards. It just, I don't understand why the wizards are so bad. I mean, on paper, they looked decent. Um, It's, I mean, I have never, I joke about this in the group text, and so now I've beaten the joke to death, but like no team should ever score 130 points and lose as often as the Washington Wizards do. They just don't play any defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Beal's comment in the press the other day is we couldn't guard a parked car, to which, I mean, he's <laughs> the he scored at least 25 in their first 10 games of the season, only the fourth guy since the merger to do that. But it's like, okay, well, dude, you can play a little bit of defense. Like, But I, I'll tell you, in Wizards media, they're very upset with Scott Brooks as it pertains to the defense and, and not balancing offensive and defensive weapons in the, you know, in the first five, in the backup five of the rotation. Um, but that's Wizards minutia that I won't punish you guys with. The point being, I think Beal is – I think McCollum was a great comp. Um, and it, I think the Wizards could – 
could be in a situation where they just unload him for somebody's for a really great prospect, a really high pick and somebody's bad contracts. Like, I don't know if it would be Cleveland specifically, but yeah, a Garland or a Sexton with maybe a Kevin Love who has a bad contract right now because Wizards are going to suck and they're going to, they have the most untradeable contract in the league in Russell Westbrook. So, yeah. I mean, I that don't would understand be, why they uh, went that. Would that would be tanking. But, yeah. Sure. I don't either. Feels tough. Feels a really tough person to move uh, because. Again, you don't want to pair him with somebody else in the backcourt like what you have now with Westbrook and him. Um, I don't know if that that whole thing makes sense. It'd be nice to put him with somebody who can dominate, um, you know, mm-hmm. in the front court a little bit. You know, uh, that would be better for them. But uh, but yeah, all right. So we've we've gone over our topics for the week. Let's get in our week four matchups. And what I want to say to everybody listening, uh, we spent a ton of time going over these matchups and talking about a lot of different players and we this. loved it and we loved it and, <laughs> and we know you loved it too but we're trying to make it so that uh you guys aren't spending an hour and a half every week listening to this so what we're gonna do is we're gonna you know quickly try to spit out who we like why we like it um and then we're gonna move on to the next one so are you guys ready for this yeah oh yeah Yep. Yeah. All right. If you couldn't tell, if you couldn't tell, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ready. The, the deep breaths gave it away. Uh, <laughs> Super Gallinario Brothers, seven twenty-six and zero. Uh, dead last, Mister Dead Last versus <laughs> White Men Can't Jump this week. Max, what do you think? Uh, so Victor's team is not good. Um, <laughs> the big issue with Victor's team is much like my team, he doesn't have anybody that shoots threes. Um, I'm looking at Dylan Brooks. Uh, Memphis has four games. They all seem to be pretty good matchups. Dylan Brooks is supposed to pop more threes than he has been. And his percentage should be much better than it is. I think it's like 26, 27%. So that's not good. However, I think he loses to Neil this week. I don't say however. I think he loses to Neil this week, partially because his team is bad and partially because Neil's team is really good. Um, Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, Indiana has five games this week. Uh, I had Brogdon marked down. I still see Brogdon. Um, Brogdon's got five games this week. He is playing like a top 10 or top 20 fantasy asset right now. So that with five games, just those numbers alone are going to decimate Victor across the board. Um, so yeah, I think Neil takes this one home pretty easily. Okay. Ethan. Yeah. Um, I like Neil three pointers are a big part of it. Looking at the Roto rankings. Um, I think threes affect more categories than anything else. Obviously threes made is a category and three point percentage, but they also affect field goals made field goal percentage and points. That's five out of 11 categories. So it is arguably the worst stat category to be weak in. Um, so, um, you know, Vic, you got to make more than two moves. I think you know that from NPD. But I think in the larger term, like Max said, um, he's going to have to get active on the trade block um, to because I don't think his three-point deficit right now is something that he's going to be able to make up streaming on the waiver wire. Um Love Neil's team. DeAndre Hunter is one of a few guys who are in their second year who are making a huge leap from the first year. Um, that's a trend I've noticed with a, a handful of players. So um, love that guy on a weird Atlanta team. Uh, love Neil in this matchup. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to take uh, Victor. 
And and yes, I don't think Victor's a good fantasy anything manager. Uh, I've never seen him. I, well, no, he just, he just made the playoffs in baseball. That's my sure. thing. Is sure. I know I'm, that he is good. I don't great, care. great. In a shortened year, I think it was a five-week regular season that we got into. Six weeks, yeah. Six weeks. Uh, we believe and, in you, Victor. And I, I just think that you know he has some deficiencies when it comes to analyzing statistics and putting together a good lineup and, and really putting a lot of effort in this week-by-week. Week. But that being said, I'm picking him. Um, I think that he just has uh, better matchups this week. Um, he, you know, I'll admit <laughs> we're doing this at, at nine o'clock on a Monday, and uh, he had three guys uh, get double doubles and really nice statistics uh, being put up on on a Monday. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, you know Sexton, as long as he comes back and plays a few games this week, uh, Victor could get his first win of the season so i'm picking victor but let's keep you use the word deficiencies that's so much harsher than ethan and i were and we picked him to lose yeah i'm i'm just i think i use the word deficiencies as well actually like i (laughs) like i said earlier my team sucks i get my team sucks i can still spit. we're getting there we're getting i'm trying to spit the truth i'm not gonna lie to the folks i'm gonna spit the truth all right next matchup i love dirk 11 21 and 1 versus hong kong heroes 24 and 9 ethan how do you analyze this matchup um so we spent a lot of time last week praising brennan's team um, and he actually had a little dip in Roto points this week and still maintained number one in the Roto rankings. He and Paul have a, a nice little um, gap between them and the field. Um, so I like him this week because um, he's not done anything to make me think he and Hurwitz don't have the best teams in the league. But um, Andrew, I know, made a really tough call last week in – um, getting rid of Norm Powell. That was a guy that he kept in the 12th round to not be a star, but be better than everyone else's 12th rounder by a lot. And he wasn't, and he's just not making shots. It's a maker miss league is the old cliche. And he's just not making shots. And I think it was a tough decision for Andrew to move on. And as a result, he made the second highest jump in Roto points week over week. So um, that's not to say he can't um, keep a close margin with Brennan, um, this week. And I think, you know, anyone can beat anyone any week. Um, another cliche for you, but I think when you're, um, as we're all kind of feeling it out, when you face Brennan, Chase, Paul, Hurwitz, who have like some, some of these people that are the best teams, you're just trying to keep it close and figure out your team and keep going. So um, I think that's a really interesting matchup. I still think Brennan and Hurwitz have the best team. So I like Brennan. Yeah. Hong Kong heroes. I am also going to take Brennan this week. Uh, his team from top to bottom is pretty good. Uh, yep. uh, there's just not a lot of weaknesses here, especially if Kyrie Irving can figure out. I I, I know he's still uh, emotionally hurt from the attacks on the Capitol. At least that's what the rumor is. Uh, that's why he's staying away from the team. Durant says he supports him. It's just, this is just what Kyrie Irving is. This is what you should have known he was. Uh, when he talked about believing in the earth being flat, uh, you knew that he may miss a game because his feelings were hurt. So hopefully he comes back uh, for for Britain's sake. I think even if he doesn't, he's going to take care of I Love Dirk. I Love Dirk has, has some problems right now. Uh, you can see it from, from top to bottom. Uh, he's got some, some really big holes uh, um, to, that he needs to fill. 
so it may not even be something he can do this season uh, if he doesn't really dismantle this team. So, yeah, I'm taking Hong Kong heroes. Max, what do you think? Okay, so what's the deal with Kyrie? Is he still getting paid every game? He's getting fined for missing games. This is so bizarre to me. Like, you can't, you couldn't do this in any other sport. You couldn't just go... I don't know. I'm not coming back today. Kawhi Leonard did it. Okay, Kawhi Leonard did it in a very different way. Did he? He masked it as an injury, if I'm not mistaken. Whereas I think Kyrie is just openly going, you guys know I'm Kyrie. I'm a big But to Huck's point, this is extremely on-brand for Kyrie. And the biggest narrative with the Nets was not anything to do with X's nose, but how are all these personalities going to mesh? namely a first-time head coach. Is he still getting a paycheck? I I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. I don't want to get off topic, but you've lit the fire in me, so I just need to say (laughs) uh, when when you're hurt, unless there's some extenuating circumstances, you are uh, supposed to be on the court, you know, wearing a jacket, just sitting there supporting your teammates. Kyrie Irving is not there. Neither was Kawhi Leonard a couple years ago. He was at the Dodgers games uh, while that was going on. So just saying it's bizarre. It's crazy. He shouldn't be getting a paycheck. It's, it's odd. Um, you know, I, I know that Paul George and others talked about uh, you know, postponing the games on Wednesday and, and pushing back some of these and, and protesting one. And I'm all for that. I support that hundred percent. Uh, when you have one guy saying that it affected him more than others, and I'm not going to do my job now, uh, that's a luxury that pretty much everybody else in the world can't afford. So, so yeah. for this matchup, I'm going to disagree with both of you. I'm going to tell you why. Andrew's team are the giant slayers, okay? I was the only one to pick Andrew last week against Paul, and he slayed him. Hmm. Paul was hurt. Paul was like, I have a better team. We were texting on the side. He's like, I can't believe you didn't pick my team. It wasn't personal. Andrew's team are giant slayers. Okay. Damian Lillard had a couple crazy stat lines last week. He had like 30 points at the half at one point. Um, Devin Booker put up 33 tonight, and he can do that any given night if he's actually on. I think Davis Bertons is going to take on a huge role. He's getting paid a lot of money by Washington. And Tommy B, Thomas Bryant. Torn ACL. They need a big man on the floor. They need somebody that can space and get rebounds, and that's Bertans to a T. Um, and I love the Tony Bradley pickup. Six points, eight rebounds in 13 minutes tonight. I think he's going to continue to get minutes, plus two blocks. Um, don't get me wrong. Brennan's got an outstanding team, but uh, Danny Green shot 0 of 9 tonight. Danny Green was like 0 of 7 from three points. That puts a that starts you in a pretty big hole. That's your three-point specialist. Combine that with the fact that Kyrie is off doing God knows what. And whatever it is, it's on a flat surface. You know, he's I, I don't, I'm sorry, Brennan. You're gonna get slain this week. Andrew's team is the giant slayers. They will lose against bad teams. I can't wait to face them. I'm gonna crush them. But 
they're the giant slayers and Brennan's next in line. So book you it. Know, you know what? I also need to add uh, that Kyrie Irving is on an IL spot. I don't think that's right. I, it shouldn't be right. Shouldn't it shouldn't be. be right. I think he just have to eat a spot on his bench. I don't know why he's on the IL I mean that's a Yahoo thing though. That's not a Kyrie thing. Or well, but is thing. it? But I, you know what? Um, I've been over this a million times in different sports. Yahoo does whatever the NBA tells them to, uh, or or NFL or MLB. If uh, you know a player is hurt, they get the the injury list, and if that says personal, in parentheses, I guess you get an IL, uh, which it's whatever. I mean that's that's a thing. You know, we see it all the time. This person's out, parentheses, personal. Uh, I guess if that's an extended period personal, um, then uh, you can put him in an aisle spot. But in this circumstance, it's it's one of those that's gray areas, those margins where I don't think he should be in there. But, you know, whatever, whatever. Let's well, let's let's move it on. Let's move it on. Uh, Kevin wears knee 12, 20 and one uh, thunder. From versus Thunder from down under, 18 and 15. I'm going to go first here. Uh, first, I want to say that there's only one person in the league that has not used a move yet. Shameful. Shameful. It's Kevin Ware's knee. Uh, you know, I want to believe that uh, uh, he was uh, going to play Maxi Kleber. 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 Maxi Kleber today, uh, but he did not. Uh, you know, because of the postponement, you know, I believe in him. I, I really have confidence that he is trying his hardest. Uh, but right now, uh, I currently am losing to this guy. So, uh, you know, the obvious pick is going to be Thunder from down under. Um, you know, as this league pushes forward, we'll start to get an understanding of who might be a bye week. I think Kevin Ware's knee might be a bye week, uh, from from week to week. Uh, and you know, neither of these teams look, uh, really threatening from, from my standpoint, I think both of them have, have some weak spots. Uh, but this week I'm going to go with Paul to win and probably win outright. Um, Max, what do you think? It's shameful. It's shameful what Matt Stafford is doing, you know, him with his, with his puffy cheeks, you know? Uh, right now I'm picturing him as NFL Matt Stafford. I, I've met Matt Stafford. I met him at our inaugural draft. We were all at Ethan's house sitting around drinking. He's a really nice guy, but he is terrible right now. Okay. Mm. Like, how are you going to make no moves? Yeah. Kleba on his bench, not even close to the biggest issue with his team. You know what the biggest issue with his team is? First of all, He's had Dorian Finney-Smith on his roster <laughs> all <laughs> season long. Dorian Finney-Smith sucks at basketball. Dorian Finney-Smith is aggressively average, and he's injured. And he's currently his starting power forward. Mm. Okay? So, like, whenever it's like, oh, he's made no moves, maybe his team's just too good. He doesn't have anybody to drop. I've got somebody for you to drop right now. Dorian Finney-Smith. Okay, he's got a bunch of guys that he could drop. Kleba can be dropped too. Tucker. Tucker. Williams. He could be dropped. Williams could be dropped. About half his roster could be dropped. Just hang on to Donovan Mitchell and somehow Jeremy Grant. Like, I guess we knew one of Detroit was going to be valuable this year. I don't think. And Anthony Davis. 
How am well, I losing this fine, game? Fine, fine. Keep DeWante Murray, keep Anthony Davis. I but Jeremy Grant to me is the big standout on his team. He's good. He's he's top fifteen fantasy player right now. Hmm. Like I, I think all of us looked at Detroit's roster and, and speculated. I thought Svi was going to be a big deal this year. I'd never thought Jeremy Grant. Um, so I guess good for him. For I'm glad that he started Jeremy Grant when the season started so that he's been in his starting roster all season long because um, mm-hmm. otherwise he would have been on his bench, I think. I, I digress. Paul's going to win this. I could see Paul winning this 11 to nothing because I think Paul's team is very dangerous despite picking against them last week. And I love that he's got Daniel Tice, um, who's going to be starting for Boston probably all week uh, because of the COVID protocol. So he's going to be getting some good points and rebounds out of him as well as many other very good players. I, when you say like, I don't think Paul is that threatening of a team. I, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry. You know, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Steph Curry, who looked off the other night, but is still an absolute stud. Rudy Gobert. I mean, like he's got, uh, he's got a small team. He's going to hurt on blocks and rebounds, but he's got a very good team. He's got a team I wouldn't want to face every week. Unlike Matt Stafford, who I would want to face every week and should be ashamed and probably isn't listening to this because he's shameful. If he does listen, I'd really like Jonathan Murray, but uh, yeah, he probably won't. But Ethan, give us I your Paul. Ethan, give us your your picks for th- this matchup here. Um. So yeah, Kevin Ware's knee is a stack game. Um, that's a real, like you said, eleven nothing whitewash potential for Paul, which actually matters a tremendous amount in these standings. So, um, Stafford, all you gotta do is start trying to really fuck some shit up around this league. Um. But I think this is um, the most fraudulent team when you go based on Roto rankings um, against the most unlucky team or maybe um, or maybe at least one of the most unlucky teams um, in Paul. Um, so I'll focus on Paul's team, which is who I pick. I, I feel like, again, I think you guys know, I think Brennan and Hurwitz have the best teams, but Paul's team is so fascinating to me because he, every single he's got so many role players who are still above streaming. If that makes sense. And like Seth Curry, is he going to stay this hot all year? If he does, then that's fucking incredible for Paul. Joe Harris, same thing. Derek Rose was good last year. I think we all know his durability issues. Um, he's got Tyrese Halliburton. He's got Cole Anthony and now Markel Fultz is out for the year in Orlando. So Paul's team is, is fascinating to me. And I pick him in a potential 11 nothing whitewash. Okay. All right. I mean, I think we can all agree there. Uh, let's move on to a more interesting matchup here. Luca, my balls, 26 and seven. He is in first place versus our defending, I don't know, champ, I guess you could call it. Rumham, slam, 21, <laughs> 11 and one. Max, tell me what you think of this max up matchup. Well, let me tell you about this max up. Um, to me, it's the best matchup of the week. Two best teams, first place versus third place. Both teams have a lot of studs. I've got Trevor edging this one out. Um, Trevor needs points. You know, you look at the Roto rankings, that's oddly one of the things that his team is lacking. And I think he can get that this week. I think he can see a change from De'Aaron Fox, who has four good matchups this week and has been underperforming from a scoring standpoint in my opinion. Now, granted, I'm looking at the score right now. They're in the second quarter. He has seven points, but he's the kind of player that I think can, it, 
get up to 25 points a game can can put up those crazy stat lines along with good assists decent steal numbers um hang up a couple rebounds i love vucevic uh, ethan knows this obsessed with vucevic i'll talk about vucevic every week because i'm obsessed with vucevic trevor i'll give you anything for him um that's not to say Hurwitz doesn't have an incredible team he does uh, i love uh, what is it? Michael Bridges? M- Michael? Is it Michael? I think it's I think it's Michael Bridges. Michael. Personally, you said it. I, I think that's that's how it's that's how it reads. It's how it's spelled. M I K A L. Either way, Michael Bridges for Giannis this week. Um, <sighs> yeah. I mean, granted, he he used one of them tonight and only got only went fourteen and five, uh, fourteen points, five rebounds. So I like him a little bit less than I did when we were making our notes for this matchup, but. Either way, you know, he still has three good matchups. I think he can put up some numbers alongside Siakam, Sabanis, the other stat stuffers that uh, that Hurwitz has. But no, I'm, I'm going to give Rumham Slam the win for the week. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ethan, what do you think? All right. Well, I am really interested by this matchup because – Hurwitz is a very good team, but he's also a team that's very affected by uh, the COVID stuff that we um, beat to death at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got guys who – so he's got a wide range of outcomes, I guess is what I'm saying, between a Peyton Pritchard and a Jeff Teague. Um, does Lowry Markkinen come back anytime soon? Um um, I will say one thing he's got going for him right now is Pascal Siakam is really starting to pick it up. I don't know that there was any alarm that his whole season was shot when he got up to that slow start, but now um, he's really starting to realize returns on that keeper. Um, and Trevor is arguably one of the luckier teams in the Roto rankings. He is um, 10th in Roto and he's third in our standings. Um and he has a lot of really good bigs, but he interestingly has a really poor field goal percentage. It, I mean, he ranks worse in field goal percentage than he does in three-point percentage, and I like a lot of his big men. So um, I'm, I'm thinking either his field goal percentage is about to go up or his place in the standings is about to go down. Um, I don't think it's this week because I think it's close um, either way, but I think Hurwitz still edges out in this one a win. Interesting. I'm going to uh, agree with you there. I think uh, Matthew's team, he can even lose a Luca. He can lose an Ingram for a night and he can still come out and, uh, and, and beat almost every team, if not every team in the league. Uh, I was just talking about this before the show. I play a lot of daily fantasy basketball and the guy that I've been targeting lately is Siakam. I think he's one of the most talented people in the league. Uh, he is the number one up there in Toronto or Tampa, whatever you want to call them, the Raptors. Right now. <laughs> uh, and, and he almost, I mean, he's halfway to a triple double here after the first half against Portland. Uh, just a, he's a good all around player. I mean, he fills up every part of the stat sheet um, and, and Siakam's, he really hasn't shown it yet. And I think that he's going to come out and, and uh, this week and really be hot and, and, you know, push him in a lot of categories. Uh, Sabonis, Again, a walking triple-double, you know, every week. Uh, I just think this guy is just too talented. I played him last week, and, um, you know, the thing that went through my head was take as many categories as possible. On the last night, I came around three or four assists short 
of making it a four seven game, which I would have counted as a victory. Um, I think that his team is just is far too talented. Um, when you when it's it's going to be really tough moving forward, and this is going to be a theme that I use uh, a lot because I may have not done as well of a job last year in our draft. Um, when you have people like uh, you know Savonis in the sixth. And I think Siakam was Ingram's in the he is Ingram in the ninth. And what's yeah. real scary, I had a brief encounter with Herbert when he was in town a couple weekends ago, and he reminded me he's got Clay Thompson just chilling in like the eleventh or the twelfth right. to trade to somebody like a Victor for Victor's four best players at the very end of the season, four best non-keepers mm-hmm. at the very end of the season. So that's the other thing that's real fucking scary. Yeah. I mean, so what he, it's going to be tough. I mean, he can fill his team with people like, you know, Harold and, and, uh, and others that are to, to me would be one of my better players. So it's going to be tough to beat him, uh, you know, on a week to week basis. And I just don't think that uh, Trevor's going to have the goods to do it. So I'm going to pick Luca. My balls. It's um, interesting you called it Matthew. Like, I, I know that's Matt Hurwitz's name, but I've never, in like, in the many times that I've seen him considered him a Matthew, it sounds so regal for Hurwitz. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's his name. So we will <laughs> move on to Shalom Y'all, 17, 15, and 1, versus Grunfield's Revenge, 18 and 15. Does anybody know the source of Grunfield's Revenge? Grunfield's? Yes. So Ernie Grunfeld mm-hmm. was the Wizards GM for like 15 years. Uh, and he was real, until just um, last year, and he was real bad. Um, I think the only longer tenured GMs in the league were like Pat Riley, three-time champion, R.C. Buford of the Spurs, five-time champion, the guy with the Mavs, one-time champion, a couple finals appearances, and then Ernie. So it's a, it's a troll at me. Mm, um, gotcha. And then he picked Brad Beal in the first round of the inaugural draft, one pick in front of me. So it's a big old troll of me. And uh, I picked myself last week and lost, so I'm never doing that again. I picked Kyle by um, by a zillion points. And there's your uh, first on-the-record reverse jinx mm. of the podcast season. Um, but for real, I, I do like Kyle's team. Um I think he's got a lot of guys. Uh, he's catching a lot of guys on a hot streak this week. I mean, you talked about Julius Randle, dude's balling right now. UK all the way back playing for first place in the SEC tomorrow night. Um, I love Dante DiVincenzo. I talked about him last week. He has Bradley Beal again as a dig on me, and that's going to kill me all week. Um, and I've been a little frustrated with my team. I obviously don't have Jalen Brown indefinitely, so that sucks. Um, but I kept Lou Williams in the eighth um, and he's really been fucking bad. And um, kind of thinking back on um, the decision Andrew made with Norm Powell this week, I might be having to, to come to similar decisions. So if you want to buy low on Lou Williams, haul out your boy. Um, but I pick Kyle this week. Um, I think we have similar records, but we're two teams trending in opposite directions, sadly. I'm going to, I'm going to pick you, Ethan. I'm going to pick you. Um, I, I heard the news this morning that Westbrook's going to take the week off uh, because of that thumb. And I I know you got behind early here on this Monday night, uh, but, you know, looking forward, I think that uh, you have most of your players, you're you're mostly healthy. Um, And so we could see you put up some good points over the next 
week or so. And I think that eventually you'll take the lead because it looks like, you know, Garland's been hit or miss on, on injuries and obviously Westbrook's not going to play. So he's going to have to um, make some moves if he's going to keep up with you this week. I'm going to go ahead and take Shalom y'all. Max, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to take Shalom y'all as well. Um, God, I know you watched that Wizards game tonight and just statistically Bradley Beal is tearing up your backfield right now. Just tearing <laughs> a new one. Um, and so that, that had to have sucked to watch. But aside from that, I like your team better this week. I do. Um, you know, I, I don't love Atlanta's matchups this week, which I think Kyle is pretty reliant on with Kevin Huerter and uh, Clint Capella. I'm not. Uh, confident on how to say Huerter, so I'm just gonna. I think it's Kevin Herter, but I love, I love the flair. Yeah, mm. we all say things our own way. Um, <laughs> so, like all in all, aside from Bradley Beal and Karis LeVert, who who looks fantastic this season, um, I'm not that scared of Kyle's roster. I mean, part of it is, yeah. Russell Westbrook is hurt. Darius Garland's hurt. TJ Warren would be a great guy to have right now, but like his roster doesn't scare me that much. Whereas yours, you have some underperforming players. Um, I think Buddy Heald could, could be giving you a lot more. It sucks that Jalen Brown is out indefinitely, but I'm hoping you'll be able to put him on an injured spot pretty soon. Andre Drummond is going to miss every damn free throw. He shot three of nine from free throw. I know turnovers, but 14 rebounds, just 14, another night at the points. office. 19 mm-hmm. points, 14 rebounds. You you didn't have a whole lot of games today. That turns around later in the week. Your schedule looks a lot better later. Love yeah. Tyro, love D'Angelo Russell. I love to watch Taco Fall play basketball, not necessarily from a statistical standpoint, but a logistical standpoint. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, yeah, I still think you pull it out this week. So you are my choice. Don't fuck it up. Okay. All right. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, how about Godzilla got busy 12 and 21. That's pretty pathetic versus Chase's neat team coming off a loss 21, 11 and one. I'll start here. Uh, you know, I, I really honestly thought Chase should have won. He had some bad luck, but again, in these COVID circumstances, anybody can beat anybody any week. Um, Chase's team's a monster. Uh, it's, it, he doesn't have anybody really injured. Um, every, he got Porzingis back. Uh, so it's going to be a problem to face him every week if all of his people stay healthy. Um, he did pick up Maxi, which I think is a good pickup for now um, with all those guys being out because Maxi's a great player um, when, it, when it comes to filling in for uh, the likes of Simmons and Tobias and whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, you're going to get destroyed uh, this week. Your team does not match up. A uh, little side note, though, uh, Moritz Wagner. God, I stared at him for so long. I, I kept clicking, uh, you know, to pick him up, but uh, apparently I'd use all five of my moves. So, uh, you know, he just kept denying me. And then in the morning when I woke up, you had him. So another uh, another wasted opportunity by me. Regardless, though, I think you get destroyed, and I think Chase B2, like, 9-1. to one. So now that I got that off my chest, Max, what do you think? Well, I think Godzilla's going to get busy. Okay, I think I'm going to defeat Chase this week, despite the fact that his team is off to 
a just terrifying start. Um, I mean, he had two players get games postponed today and his team still put up 99 points, 34 rebounds. Uh, you know, they still only shot 31% from three. My team will bounce back. It'll be fine. I hate having to root against Tyrese Maxey. I wanted the Mavs to draft him so badly. I watched the draft with Ethan and I kept yelling, why won't they grab Tyrese Maxey? Trade up and get him. He was available at their pick. And then they picked the guy everybody thought they were going to pick instead. Um, Maxey was a, he went to high school here in DFW. So a bunch of my friends were sports journalists in the area and they covered his high school career because he was a highly touted prospect. And then he ended up going to UK. And so because I lived with Ethan, I ended up, you know, following him there. So I was really interested in him this season. I'm really upset he's not a Maverick, but it's good to see him putting up points. Unfortunately, even though he put up good points tonight, he's going to suck for the rest of the week. Because mm. like I said, Godzilla's going to get busy. Mo Wagner was not that great tonight. Um I mean, like, he didn't get enough minutes tonight, I should say. 9.6 rebounds, drilled the only three he made. He should get more minutes. Uh, I think part of it is, you know, it was a blowout. Maybe they're trying to give Robin Lopez some developmental minutes. He's a real prospect, you know. I'm just just spitballing here. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm never going to pick against my team uh, because we started out 0-11 and and the law of averages – uh, just uh, we've got some catching up to do. So Chase, you're in some big trouble this week. I'm going with me. All right, Ethan, how about you? All right. Um, I think I'm going to pick Max as well, just because I think his team is, is trending in a positive direction. Nobody made a, a bigger jump in Roto points last week than Max. Um, and so obviously a lot of that's relative to a really good performance in one week. But again, I think it's, his, his players don't know that his players are, are all just trending in that direction. I think um, from the more I've read about uh, shit on Bradley Beal trades and things like that, I've also seen things on um, teams that can't get Beal, maybe are going to go after Zach Levine um, among other prospects. So he could be somebody the Bulls are trying to showcase for a trade. Um, LeBron is all right, I guess. Um, but, but I, I just think, um, your best players are really starting to settle into the season and we're seeing um, them trend upward. Um, Chase has a great team. I think it's going to be close either way. Um, I think I was going to talk about Maxi, so I won't um, beat a dead horse, but I thought that was such a massive pickup. I was just trying to, to pick up any Sixers I could to just steal minutes and steal stats for a day. Maxi being the most coveted one. Um, and he got to him first, so that's a great ad. Um, and we'll see what his team can do, like Huck said, introducing Porzingis. Um, but I think um, Godzilla gets busy this week. Um, oh, wow. And picks up a win. I said that I'm up at the top. Yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm just, the, I, you used the, you know, getting busy. Uh, uh, you, you both I really, get busy. I, I need my Miami Heat guys to go into injured slots or whatever the hell they're uh, like going to get designated as. Right now they're just out um because of the the health and safety protocols yeah who's got to get their shit together on that or maybe the nba does i don't know but jimmy butler and bam uh i need spots i either need spots or i need them on the court let's do something well tell them to get emotionally uh worked up over the whole capital storming thing and maybe you can get them an IL. they would never nobody on godzilla got busy does that kind of tomfoolery nonsense okay all right um all right let's 
move on to the last matchup and most important matchup, a very even matchup, might I say. Uh, Uniballers, 14, 18, and 1 versus Doink the Clown, 11, 21, and 1. Max, what do you think? Well, first of all, I want to commend Luke. Um, first of all, like like during our our podcast last week, he changes the team name, makes it his own. You know, he even changed the icon. It's an L. His name's Luke. I get it. You know, like that's good. That's good. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's made thirteen moves. You know, he's really putting in the work at this point. He's making ad drops. He added Robin Lopez. In fact, the two players I'm most interested in this matchup, um, like, I think they're both Washington players. Denny Avdija or Denny Avdija. I know I've got the second half right. And Robin Lopez. I think both of them have very variable stat lines this week. I think they could both be immense difference makers given what you're both missing in the Roto rankings. Um that being said, I'm sorry, Hook. I got to go with the Uniballers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more aerodynamic in this matchup than you and your doink. You know, one ball, they're just going to cruise through. And I think uh, Robin Lopez, especially if he keeps getting minutes, I hope he doesn't for Mo Wagner's sake. But I think, uh, you know, he gets great stats from Robin Lopez. You already bragged about McCollum. I think Kawhi Leonard is going to end up being your Achilles heel because he knows what you said. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Uniballers. All right. Ethan, what do you think? Um, I like Uniballers as well. Um, I think moving on from some of those injured guys, and obviously now all of, all of that analysis becomes blurred by the um, backdrop of COVID and in, in specifically the past week, but he um, – he had a lot more uh, games played, and he had a big rise in his um, counting stats in Roto. Um, a little bonus um, Roto stat, I added it um, earlier this evening to um, the Week 3 tab, but um, I broke down how many categories people rank in the top five, in the bottom five, or then you know in the middle four. Because ultimately, um, you know your Roto score is a good barometer, but it's really how often are you going to win categories every week? So on the positive end, going back to the matchup we just talked about, Max is in the top five in seven out of 11 categories, which is the most in the league. Um, And that's why, again, I think he's trending in a positive direction. So Max has, you know, seven out of 11 categories every week where unless he's playing a, a Brennan or a Hurwitz or a Chase or a Paul, he can feel really good that he's going to beat most of these teams. That's why I think he's trending upward on the other side of that coin. Why I really brought this up is um, Luke is only one spot ahead of Huck in the Roto rankings. Um, But Luke is in the bottom five of only five categories. He's in the middle four of four others. So he's um, a team in transition, but he seems to be middling in a lot of stats. Huck is in the bottom five of eight categories. He's in the top five of two. The only team in the bottom five in more categories is Kevin Ware's knee, who I'm, uh, who has not made a single move this year. Shame. This is to say, this this entire um, diatribe is to say Huck's team is fucking bad, and so I think that uh, <laughs> I is. think my boy Luke UK is all the way back. And Luke, shout out for Cleveland. Um, 
Cleveland Browns all the way back. So I like Uniballers in this matchup. Okay. You uh, so hard to explain how bad your team was. And I, I know. <laughs> like, that was so good. Well, I, was, uh, I was like, stay with the buildup. Please stay with me. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I think that there's a, a lot of people on my team where I've, I've just tried to patch things together. You know, it's like, a, you know, my uh, spaceship is coming back in through the atmosphere and it's falling apart. It's setting on fire. And uh, by the time I hit the ocean, I'll probably be dead. Uh, you know, that paired with, you know, a weak draft from last year, a very top, uh, point guard heavy draft that I've had. Um, it, it, my team's just not good. Uh, or it's not playing very well right now. LaMelo um, looks good. You're winning that trade right now. LaMelo is probably, he's way better than his brother. I'll tell you that. Um, that is awesome. I will cherish him forever. Um, but yeah, no, the, other parts of my lineup, I mean, you got to look at. So I drafted Bogdanovich, Fultz, uh, Morant, and Jackson, um, who are all going to miss substantiated time. I mean, the yeah, first one in I all like sincerity, back. it's not that your team is bad, it's your available team this week is, is lean. I think right. it's both. I mean, no, <laughs> if I had Jaron Jackson and I had John Morant, uh, I think this team's a, a totally different. Uh, you know, outlook on, on what I have. Um, but I've picked up Barton. I picked up Wright. Um, I, I picked up Horford. I picked up Hernan Gomez. I picked up Green. Uh, you know, I'm trying to patch my team together with, with pickups. I pick up Neto. I, I um, you know. Why are you hanging on to Boogie bit? Cousins? Because Boogie Cousins, um, if, if Wood ever doesn't play, Boogie Cousins is like a top five center yeah and i know I he's look, playing but but boogie cousins is a very talented center it's just that he's sitting behind another very talented center in christian wood uh the crucifix i mean it's not like i spent a lot on cousins i didn't i think i drafted him in like 10th round or something like that so it's not really that big of a deal but uh you know obviously Aiden's not playing up to his up to snuff uh the wizards just kicked the shit out of the suns today uh to my to my bank account's dismay um, you know, obviously the stuff that's going on with Trey Young in Atlanta, you know, they're fighting amongst each other. He's not playing very well. Uh, he's not putting up the statistics. I hope he would, you know, I think going, point, I don't know what he did tonight, but 28% from three this season. Yeah. It's, fucking uh, terrible. it's, it's not good. Um, him and, and Collins are having it out right now yeah. um, in the locker room. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just not. I'm. I'm patching my team together with people who have good nights. So it's like Jamichael Green had a good night. I think like earlier last week, where he scored like twenty some points, and I was like, "Oh yeah, let's pick him up." Uh, you know, uh, Hernan Gomez had a good night the day after Towns comes back. Hernan Gomez is probably a piece of shit now, but I had to fill it with somebody yesterday uh, to try to win that game. Um, Lonnie Walker, the, the fourth love Lonnie Walker, the fourth, uh, but until DeMar DeRozan doesn't play, he's, he's probably not going to put up any numbers. Uh, DeMar, Boogie Cousins, like I said, would, if he doesn't play, you're kind of getting the gist here. Uh, right. Walker just put up 25 points for you yesterday. Yes. Because DeMar DeRozan did not play. Uh, right. If Rose doesn't play, right. A, a great player. Uh, you know, Barton is a 
kind of fills in all the category kind of play. It's it just it's not really what I want. It's it, this isn't the team that I I love. So I'm going to try to make some moves. I'll probably go and try and make, uh, move Trey Young. This week I'm going to pick myself because I still think that I can manufacture a win, um, that I can break down statistics enough to try to manufacture a win. I'm not facing, uh, you know, Luke of my balls or or Hong Kong heroes here. I'm facing a team that's very beatable. So um, so I'm going to try to manufacture something and put something together, and uh, maybe Trey Young will be on somebody else's team by the end of the week. Ooh, trade talks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a general thing. It's not like I'm giving away for free, but uh, but yeah. All right, guys. That's that's just about it. Um, you know, is there anything else you guys want to throw out there before I, before I uh, cut it off here? Um, no, I don't think so. I do like that. Um, Huck, you and I both set a precedent tonight that we are just strongholding the podcast as our own trade. Um, proposal forum we just put out guys on the trade block um, Hell yeah. that only the three of us have but uh yeah lou williams is another cello so everybody holler at your boy max you got <laughs> buddy shame on matt stafford chase you're going down. <laughs> <laughs> uh just a little parting words here uh a couple days ago i threw down 20 dollars. i constantly like to look at futures uh look at you know stuff that i think is good value uh the spurs to win the west or not spurs to win the west spurs to win their division um i put 20 down to win 320 they're 16 to 1 and they were the worst odds in that division do you guys have any thoughts on that on the chances for the spurs to win that division above the mavs the rockets uh uh you know the other teams in that division i i doesn't come to mind right now there are so many better ways you could have spent that twenty dollars really well i i think again the optimist in me is like you never know what's going to happen with covid and like the marlins had a covid outbreak and then they made the playoffs uh and so it's like any kind of weird shit can happen popovich is the goat and uh but no i mean it's it's um who do you think's the better best team in that division dallas Doncic single-handedly loses you that bet. Like every other player on that team could get injured, and Doncic would still beat Spurs. Dwight Powell is good. Well, and I think um, it's not about other teams being better, but just being a gauntlet for San Antonio because it's not like, oh, Houston's a real threat to win the division this year. But it's not like San Antonio is just, at least on paper, just like way better than Houston. I mean, Houston is in this weird place of their best player could be traded at the end by the end of this sentence. Like, we have no idea what's going on with James. They Hart. would never trade John Wall. Ooh. As long as Wall stays good, I mean, they'll be frustrating. The Pelicans are going to be frustrating, right? Is that are they in your division? Fuck, mm, I thought I knew. Yeah, that. I mean, no, I think you might be right. Yeah, because it's the other two Texas teams, and then um, I can look real quick. And then I think Memphis. So I, I mean, Memphis is is obviously very hurt right now. You, so it's uh, got, so yeah, it's the Memphis and the Pelicans. But I mean, yeah, New Orleans is going to be frustrating. Their upside is high, pending Zion durability and production. Um, Houston's going to be frustrating. They're pending just John Wall durability and whether Harden plays for them or tries for them. Um, but they could be frustrating. Like that's the thing is 
just because you need a lot of things to align. It's yep. I can see a narrative in my mind where it happens and Popovich just does his magical shit, but it's a, it's a it's 16 to one. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm surprised you got it at 16 to one though. 16 to one right now they're currently second. And uh, you know, these teams aren't really blowing my mind. So that's why I did it. Uh, it's not so much of a Homer bet as something I saw of value. So uh, we'll see how it goes, but I want to thank you guys for listening this week. Obviously uh, you know, some of us will need luck. Some of us won't. But enjoy basketball this week. Enjoy the, the rest of the sports week. And we will see you guys next week. Same day, same time. See ya. you get high